Guess what? I'm moving country again. I don't know. Maybe a year. Maybe more. Where's home? Home's everywhere. I'm an expat. Hello, it's Pauline from Meet the Expats, and today I meet with Lena, who is from Russia and currently living in the Netherlands. This after pursuing her dreams of a bigger life and while also navigating all the cultural differences that she met. So hi, Lena, how are you? Hello. Yeah, it's a bit uh, rough morning, but I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, it's Friday and we'll have a couple of days to relax. <laughs> Glad to have you on the podcast and get a new episode out. I know it's been a long, long time. Things have been slow, but uh, we're getting there. So we can start with you introducing yourself briefly to our audience. Yeah, super. Yeah, so I'm originally from a very small town in Russia, okay. somewhere between Moscow and Sochi, close right. by Moscow, which is okay. 10 hours by train. Very close. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I lived in the UK for a couple of years, then now I'm already living five and a half years in the Netherlands. Okay, been in a while. Yeah, I built my career in corporate finance, and right. after having my daughter, I had a little bit uh, epiphany moment, so I redirected my path. Ah, okay. Well, you might tell us more about this. Interesting. Yeah. Let's go back to the beginnings then, um, where you were in Russia, and how did you decide and make the move to the UK in the first place? Yeah, that was a really funny story because I met uh, a guy on speed dating. Okay. <laughs> He was uh, actually dealing with uh, sending people to study abroad in UK. Right. And we really became friends. And he was saying, like, why are you living in Russia? Like, you need to try something. And by that time, I didn't really think of <laughs> moving abroad at all. Okay. He brought it up for the first time then. Yes. It was not in my plans at all. And then he was keep telling me and telling and telling. And then I went once to exhibition of british universities in moscow hmm. and then second time when i went there i already wanted to move so i was oh there. you were already convinced yeah then i basically uh, packed my life and hmm. uh, moved to uk to do studies and so and like how long was this process i think it was one and a half years like from okay. the moment when he told me and then okay yeah so you did have a bit of thinking about it it wasn't just yeah but it's also like there are a lot of things involved like you know of course pass exams and like apply for universities and it's quite long process and so the uk because he was just dealing with british universities yeah okay yeah and then i thought well london seems nice and <laughs> yeah and it also seemed cool yeah, so I really, I, yeah, I really wanted to like try it out. And then I applied for six universities and I mm -hmm. thought, okay, I'll just apply. And if it will not work out, yeah. I just stay. And then I got offers from all universities. And then I was like, hmm. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> I have to go. Yeah. And I went. And how was the experience there then? I think that was my, um, so I did travel before. Right. But I think that was really my first time when I was exposed to different cultures so much. Mm. And I think London is a really 
such a multicultural place. It you is. Literally meet people from everywhere in the world there. First of all, being student again, because I had like a really good job in Moscow. Ah, you were working and you went back to study. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that is brave, especially when you're going abroad. Yeah, and also I think like by that time my life was very comfortable. So I had mm. a good job, I was living in city center. And then I remember when I moved to London, I stayed in hostel for three oh, weeks. Yeah. It was first time in my life in hostel. Mm, it's and an I, experience. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I made the right choice by coming <laughs> here. And uh, yeah, also on my cohort, it was mainly uh, men. So it was me and another girl and like 25 guys. Right. Not easy. (laughs) Yeah, it was already like experience by itself. And I think the way that everyone was coming from different cultures was really like, it teaches you to adapt very quickly. Yeah, it does. Because you realize everyone thinks differently. So you just have to accept that at some point very soon. Exactly. So what did you, you're talking about the multicultural, the fact that it helps you adapt. What did you really enjoy in this experience and maybe learn about yourself? Yeah, so actually also like part of my course, we learned cross-cultural management, which was ah, right. really fascinating and I really loved it. And it was funny because I remember the assignment that I was doing was about a lady from Morocco moving to Netherlands. And okay. then as part of assignment, we needed to do quite extensive research on culture in Netherlands and in Morocco and like main differences. And that was fascinating. I never knew at that point that I will end up in Netherlands. I've <laughs> even... But you did the research at least before. <laughs> exactly. But I also think like when you are with other people, it broadened your horizon so much. Hmm. And it shows that okay, your perspective, it's only your perspective. Yeah, there's a whole other world around it. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like, what you think is truth, it's your truth. Yeah. And how many people, everyone has their own perspective. And it's not right or wrong. It's just you look from very different angles. Mm. And I think that's very interesting and fascinating also in terms of how people react communication uh, time so how people going through all this and we might think that you know some parts is our individual uh, characteristics but yeah. i think when you learn about culture you understand how much out of yeah. individualism is actually our cultural background yeah you realize deep down that some part of your attitude is actually completely linked to how you were brought up and the whole surrounding uh, I, I was having this discussion with a friend where she's actually understanding her parents reactions now when she's studying and looking a bit deeper into their country and their 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 culture uh, it's quite surprising you just think ah it's not their personality. It's they were brought up that way. It's not their fault. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is also a part of personality. Of course. Like, for example, when I moved to Netherlands, like Russia and Netherlands are like on different parts of spectra for almost all cultural dimensions. <laughs> like, for example, Russia is a very hierarchical country where 
the Netherlands is very egalitarian. So like okay. the hierarchy is really not something that is important. very much important. Yeah. And then when you come here and you realize, oh my God, there is such big differences. But I think there are average cultural characteristics. But also like, for example, when I was living in Russia, I very often had issues because I like to speak up and oh. I didn't believe in hierarchy. And I think when I came here, then it felt more natural for me to yeah. be in this environment. Yeah, it matched your your values and your, your personality then. Exactly. And so how did you come to the Netherlands? Yes, I came back to Moscow after UK. Okay. And then I think also what happens when you're exposed to so many different cultures and views, and then when you go back to monoculture, <laughs> then yeah. you see you see the difference so clearly. Yeah, like, and you have that no, itch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when I was living in Moscow, I just, well, there, there were things, of course, I've been noticing, but I was really like loving living in Moscow and stuff. And then when I go back, and then when I had this experience of UK and I was like, oh, no, I don't want to, like, I don't feel good in monoculture mm. anymore. Like, I really want to have all that international vibe. and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it, in sort of going abroad and when you come back, it sort of highlights and in phases what you disliked and what you liked about the country. Both just take a lot more space uh, and are way more visible to exactly but it's just when you are living in a culture it's kind of subconscious hmm. when you're coming back things yeah you look at it exactly yeah they become visible to to you when you just had never thought about it before yeah and then i got an uh, invite for an interview and I remember it was February and in Moscow it was like minus 28 uh, and I came here and it was sunny and it was plus eight and everything was so like green and beautiful and I'm like okay even if I don't like the job I'm definitely moving here <laughs> the Russian winter had <laughs> taken over yeah so and that interview just came out of it was from the same company where I worked in Moscow Ah, okay. And so they had different branches abroad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's handy. <laughs> so you you made the move? Yeah, I made the move. And uh, so I, I really fell in love with Netherlands, like, immediately. I really? just I don't know. I just feel so at home here. Okay. And I had it from the first mi minute. What makes you feel at home? You you talked uh, just uh, just a few minutes ago about the hierarchy. Is there anything else that just made you sink in straight away? I think people are very open and smiley, and it's also like it's not a part of Russian culture. Okay. And I also really like. I mean, a lot of people are annoyed with weather in Netherlands, but after yeah. Russia, I quite enjoy. <laughs> it's it's funny how you say yeah it was warm it was green and people were nice and smiley coming from more um southern europe countries i often we say that the netherlands doesn't have the great uh the, the greatest weather and the the dutch 
very often, at least the southern, uh, the more Latin countries say it are it can be a bit cold. You really need to crack them open, and their directness can be a bit harsh. But maybe for you, being Russian, it's just they're they're, they're warmer than the Russians versus the Latins. We tend to say that they're much colder. And it's funny because we just we're we're coming from different norms. <laughs> exactly. I think it really depends uh, what, what you're problem. coming from. Exactly. <laughs> I remember when I just first started the job and they all were saying to me, you know, just be careful. We are so direct. And then what happened? Because I'm a very direct person by nature. Mm. And they were like, why are you so direct? Like, <sighs> I, I think the way it worked in Netherlands, Dutch people, they are quite direct. That's true. Yeah, But that's when they direct a message. When there is the same type of direct message coming back, they're a little bit like, oh, whoa. Really? Yeah, like even uh, between them? Yeah, I think, I think it's just a little bit different level of directness. Okay. So for me, like directness was not really one of the things that shocked me or something. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. But I was... Uh, like, I remember that uh, we've been in the office and, you know, like, in Russia, we always bring something to office, like, I don't know, cookies, sweets mm. or whatever, and then we share it with everyone. And they were looking at me every time and like, is it your birthday? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't have birthday every day. It's just, well, I just got cookies for everyone. And it's not in their culture because they are very individualistic. Mm. So they're bringing one cookie and they will eat this cookie alone. Yeah. <laughs> But it was very funny. I think two years down the line, uh, they were bringing cookies for everyone. Ah, so you had uh, finally infused your your habits and your culture. <laughs> yeah, like also at home, also yep. my mother-in-law. It's just not part of the culture. Like I think also in like Latin uh, countries and South Europe, like whenever you come to visit someone, you bring you something. bring something. Yeah. Like, Wine, sweets, I don't know, whatever. Mm. Russia as well, it's like a big part. Like, you don't just... Come. And yeah. another, just nothing. Really? It's just, yeah, it's just like... They <laughs> I'm here, them. ready to eat, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, and it's just nothing. And then I was like, okay. So I told my husband, okay, we are bringing. If they are not bringing, I don't care, but we mm. are bringing. And we start bringing every time. We go to his family and friends. And then, you know, like, I really noticed that now, well, I've been living here five years, but, like, even my mother-in-law comes with cakes. Oh, wow. That's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there is a bit of this, well, this is maybe a nice thing I can adopt it also. I think that's the beauty of culture, then, because I think you also mentioned it in the beginning. They were growing up like this, and mm. that's their norm. Yeah. And I think when they are also exposed a bit to another culture, they can also kind of see... They pick. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, this can be done differently. Mm. It's not only about sweets, of course. Yeah, it's yeah. also like, for example, relationship at work. Like Netherlands is a very transactional culture. So they come to office and they're like, okay, we, we start meeting. Like in Russia, for example, you build relationship at work. So, right. like, you don't jump into work without really checking, like, how you do Small doing, talk what, and... Yeah, what's going yeah. on and stuff like this. So, yeah, that's also quite a big difference. It's nice 
what you're saying is very often what I've heard throughout these interviews and what I've lived is often we're talking about the person who moved and what you as a Russian would have picked up from the Netherlands. But what you're saying is that you were able to actually diffuse your own culture, your Russian culture to the Dutch and they actually started picking up from you when it was you uh, in in their country. And I, I think it's nice to see that there actually is this full exchange that goes both ways and not only the expat that's completely adapting to the new place, but is actually also sharing uh, a part of themselves and yeah. it's being accepted also that's the most important it, it actually is being accepted and they're taking on part of it yeah definitely and of course it, it didn't happen overnight of course so not. I, yeah. I think <laughs> every change you know it starts with awareness and then yeah. you know then the change can come but yeah i, I definitely think it's both ways mm. Direction. Yeah, I think often we only talk one way, but we never talk about the other way. The people who are surrounded by these expats in their own in their own country. It's interesting to see that there is, yeah, there is adaptation also and a bit more open mindedness uh, that that comes through in that way. And I think that what happens sometimes people get lost because when you come and you're alone on your own in in the country and you feel like it's only you who needs to adapt. Mm. I think that can be an overwhelming feeling. It's very overwhelming. It's very difficult because you, yeah, exactly like you're saying, you get lost. You're not, you're trying to be someone else in a, in a way. It's difficult to at some point say, well, no, there are things I need to keep doing. I'll adapt partly, but there are still things that are my core values that I won't, I won't shift. Exactly. So is there anything that you picked up from the Dutch Oh, definitely. I think my biggest change was in terms of work-life balance. Mm. I think when I was living in uh, Russia and also in UK, I worked a lot. Right. Like in Russia, it's very normal to stay in the office like till nine oh, o'clock in the wow. evening or ten. Or when you go on holidays, like people can call you from work. But like okay. it, it is changing nowadays, but it's still like not there. There is no a clear border between your personal life and your professional life. Right. And I think that was the biggest change for me. So here I really learned how to say, oh, well, no, I don't accept meeting Mm. at six o'clock because it's time when I have dinner with my family Mm. and it's my family time. And I'm like, you know, when I just came, I was so fascinated by it. I was (laughs) like, people are like at five o'clock. Okay, I need to go. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, we didn't finish the job yet. Like, you know, and that that's the culture mm. in Russia. You would be sitting and doing yeah. your job till you finish. And here, time is here. And mm. that's it. You just yeah, go and first. you enjoy time with your family. And I think yeah. that was like one of the biggest things for me. And yeah, I really healthy. appreciate it now. Mm. And you were saying before we started the interview that it's also something you having a Dutch husband, Dutch in-laws, how do the both of you actually find the balance and sort of the values or traditions for that you want to raise your kids with? Well, I'm a bit lucky because my husband is obsessed with Russian culture. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He studies Russian language as well for the last three years. Oh, wow. But no, we, we had 
we had a lot of talks about it like mm. what is how do we want to raise our child and, yeah and there are a lot of things that he doesn't like about dutch culture in a way like for example in russia relationship within the family is very close mm. here it's more distant okay. so like even with parents like everyone is really respecting each other's individuality and like it's not the same depth of right. relationship as we had and when we start dating we talked a lot about it and he was like yeah i really feel like i want our family to be more russian in this sense mm. to have really like family values together and spending yeah. time together and sharing things together so i think that's that's important yeah of course so yeah we're really trying to talk a lot and even now like she goes to dutch daycare okay so we are seeing okay what is it that we can do at home mm, to balance like, out the, yeah. the two cultures okay. yeah that's interesting yeah and so in terms of languages i can imagine she's learning both dutch and russian and english and english oh. <laughs> set yeah. up for life <laughs> Yeah, I think language is also quite important part of the culture. Mm. I remember when I just came and I didn't speak Dutch. Yeah. I still I still don't. I mean, I, I It's understand. a tough language. <laughs> it's a very tough language. And I remember there was one moment at my work when we had a meeting for six hours and it was in Dutch. Mm. And I just came and I didn't understand anything. And I think I gave like the harshest feedback to our leadership team saying like, okay, you cannot hire a person who doesn't speak Dutch and continue okay. doing meeting on yeah. Dutch. And yeah. you know, it was, it was really funny again about like changing the culture. When I was leaving the company, HR director texted me and she said, I'm not sure that you know how much changes did you bring mm -hmm. because now they adopted and they do speak English, and like oh, all wow. communication is in both Dutch both languages. Okay, but so it was a habit for them to hire internationals and just continue speaking Dutch, or it's just that you you were sort of the exception that was there. Yeah, I think I was like, I was not the first expat, but I probably was the first expat who really was not happy with. Well, like I like well, spoke up <laughs> at least yeah, about exactly. that, <laughs> which exactly. is important. <laughs> Exactly. And that's, again, it's coming to, like, you know, you can be unhappy, but then if you don't speak up about it, people... Nothing's going to change. Yeah, it's not going to exactly. change. So. And yeah, maybe sometimes it's not easy to, like, try to bring your side mm. to the table, but I think it's so worth it. And again, yeah, it didn't happen overnight. It's of course. Yeah. But it's important to actually have that strength to say, well... I am willing to adapt, but there are some things I won't budge on, or there are some things you actually, you guys need to help uh, so things are smoother. And I don't think we, we either think about it or do it enough or just feel confident enough to do it most of the time. Yeah, well, because it's easy to say, right? Okay, I don't understand anything and then just feel sad mm. and then nothing yeah. changes or you but, can do something about it. Yeah, but I, I think often the first thing people would think about is maybe just, well, I'm going to learn the language on my own, but not necessarily say like out loud, I need help. It's sort of that thing of asking for help or asking for change, but 
just to make things go in the right direction and smooth things out for everyone. Exactly. So you were saying you actually shifted towards a new new direction, new career. Yeah. Yeah. So I've so as I said, fifteen years I've been working in corporate finance, but I've been always a little bit like not the typical finance person. I was Meaning? always like, ah, oh, let, let's do team building. Okay. Like I was always a bit more on people side, right? Like building relationship. I really truly believe that also results in business are coming from deep relationship with people. Mm. And then also like being able to see the impact that you do yeah. to the world. I think last couple of years, I really lost this touch when I was doing my corporate job. And then also when my daughter was born, I think it also kind of allows you to see what is the most important yeah. things for you. Yeah, I reprioritize a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then I thought okay so I um, I started uh, studying for transformative coaching and I also did authentic relating courses okay and cross-cultural communications as well so I've done it in my company I've been so I've been always doing finance but on top yeah. I've been also facilitating cross-cultural yeah. trainings for different okay. teams worldwide and then now when I'm doing it it's just I don't know. It just feels so happy. Yeah, it's where you're meant to be. <laughs> it, it's really like when I'm going to the sessions with clients and I'm able to deep dive in somebody else's world, it's just really magical, especially when then some things happened mm. in this another person's life. And I think that really allows you to see direct impact. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, now we talked and I can see that you feel better. And then I feel better because you feel better because I really truly believe that we feel happy only when we make other people happy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a lot into the yeah multicultural communications. Would you be able to share two or three very practical tips around cross-cultural uh, communication for anyone who's just moved abroad or starting work in a new company in an international environment or a new new country? Yeah, I think the um, good place to start would be um, cross-cultural analysis. Like there are a lot of websites. Well, if 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 you Google Hofstad uh, theory. Right. So basically the way it works, you can put your original country and the country where you moved. And you have different cultural dimensions so you can oh. see where is it you might have the biggest differences. Okay, that's interesting, yeah. So that's a really nice place to start. And then depending on where the difference is, yeah. you can understand. Like, for example, it was funny, you know, I had a boss who was French. And French people are very fluid with time. So it's not mm. very, like, it's not very important for them. They just yeah. think, okay... Uh, plus minus half an hour yeah it's the same thing <laughs> whereas i'm coming from a very time controlled culture mm. where time is important like if you said at 10 then it's at 10 yeah and then he's been late every meeting for half an hour and it was driving me crazy mm. till the moment we talked about it and we said that's okay that's your way of like doing things that's my way so we agreed on like how we can close the gap yeah. So like every time when 
when he would be late, he would text me. And then yeah, at least let you know. So I think after you see where are the biggest gaps, you can come up with like things that can really help you to mm. adapt better and get yeah. the most out of situation. Yeah, that sounds like a great website. <laughs> at least you gain a lot of time knowing where the issues are going to be. It is, yeah. All right. Yeah, I think and maybe one more tip. I always like this. You know, there is a picture where there is six and nine. And okay. two people are standing on different sides. And from one person perspective, it's six. Okay. And from another person, it's nine. Yeah. So, you know, you can convince each other how mm. much you want that you see nine, but another person will still see six. So okay. I think whenever you enter in any conversation or discussion or fight, it's actually good to check if you are talking about the same thing. Because as oh. we said before, cultural background can bring a very different lens how you look at the world. Yeah. And at some specific situations as well. Yeah. And it doesn't just come down to language. It's really about the habits and yeah, how things are, are seen and perceived. And Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. I'll definitely link that website in the in the comments so you guys can check it out for the next move. It might be helpful. Or even if you've been in the country for a while, it could be interesting to see if you pinpointed the, those yeah. differences or not. All right. Well, we can move on to your recommendations in the Netherlands. Yeah. If you can share one bar, one restaurant, and the carte blanche as part of your choice, anything. <laughs> Yeah, so in terms of bars, I really like beach area. Okay. I think beach area in The Hague mm. is a very specific and unique area. And there are a lot of beach clubs, like, for example, Patagonia is a really nice beach club. Okay. And it's just a vibe that I've never met anywhere else I've traveled. It's just, <laughs> it is such a chilled vibe. I really love it. And restaurant yeah miller's is a nice place it's in city center the hague? In, in the hague yeah and my place of choice i really love the forest there ah. is Hagsbos, and i think the beauty of it that you have city center hmm. and five minutes from it you have deers in the forest oh wow yeah and so it's you just, can get out of the city very quickly and... it's just so amazing you just switch you know this like busyness for like calmness and peace it's beautiful yeah it's luxury to have that yeah right and what would be your expat song then yeah i really like um michael kivanuko okay love and hate can you tell us a bit more around why and why this song for me, it's very uh, specific because we went to Norway with friends to travel and we've been listening this song in the car. And I just, I loved it so much. And <laughs> also, yeah, that's also the trip where my husband proposed. To ah, so that made I, you stay to the, in the Netherlands? <laughs> <laughs> so there are a lot of like nice memories about it. Okay, so it's yeah. attached to traveling and engagement. Lovely. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you, Lena. Thank you for sharing your experience and your tips on multicultural communications. I, I love the fact that it's this time we really talked about the both ways, um, the fact that it's not just you adapting, but 
the people around you also in that your new expat country adapts. Great insights. And if you enjoyed the episode, put a like on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and I'll share everything in the comments as usual.